This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Reaching the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, back here in the saddle with my co-host Alan Witch, my awesomest co-host. Um, is that even a word, Alan? It is now. It is now. <laughs> How are you, my brother? Good. I'm doing great. That's our first official word for 2017. I love it. I love it. Um, this- so, Alan, how, uh, you know, we're coming off the, the holiday hangover and, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's a great time of year getting together with family and, you know, probably having some spirits and, you know, also just uh, interacting and, and feeling good all around for you know, I think the most part, sometimes it's stressful for others. And, you know, certainly there's uh, some people that are un, um, unfortunate, you know, during this time. And, and certainly I paid my, um, paid my part uh, during that uh, for a beautiful family that uh, had f- three kids, um, no money. And uh, my wife and I uh, went and bought a whole bunch of gifts and, um, you know, their, their dinner for them. So it was just, a, you know, a special time this year because I normally do something. When I was in Toronto, for example, uh, you know, I always went to Walmart and picked up hats and gloves and scarves, and I went out on the streets, uh, you know, on Christmas Eve, and anybody that was in, um, you know, on the street, and there's certainly in, you know, a big city like Toronto, there was many, many, and uh, I would hand out, you know, a, a set of, uh, a heart, you know, a hat, a gloves and, and, a, and a scarf um, to keep them warm and um, because shelters are, are certainly pressed to the limits uh, during the winter uh, in that in that city so that was my part how was uh, how was your holiday it was great real similar uh, very blessed to have family locally that uh, that we can share uh, you know continue life and and experience with and it is a blessing because not everybody has that not everybody has that throughout the year and 
everybody has that during you know some some remarkable but as you said some stressful and and can be some challenging times of the year and the holidays for for many can be challenging and we were blessed to be able to do some of the similar things for people in the community and it has been terribly terribly cold here uh, there have been some some loss of life due to uh, due to the weather here in Portland, Oregon, which is a little unusual from uh, history past. And uh, so we're you know as a city we're we're navigating through that and but still being thankful for what we have and uh, sure. being thankful to be able to to do you know what we do and and Chris for you know for you and I to be doing this together it's been a privilege and uh, I. I we're we're just we're just beginning, and I know that I've said just that in the past. Up. We're just warming up, but you know what? Today, this up. particular podcast marks uh, is it, quite a momentous mark. It's number one hundred. One hundred in the house. hundred of these, including this one right here, number one hundred. I and, love it. Uh, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to squeeze in right here because yeah. this is something that someone um, you know quite special because he mentored mentored us very early in the game, gave us some really good, um, you know, insight on what to, uh, you know, strive for. And you and I went to work. And anyway, I just wanted to throw that piece in because I, I'm, 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 I'm excited about this show. I am too. And I'm excited. When we have him on the air, just hear what he has to say about us. <laughs> we do have editability. So I guess there, there's the things there. No. We really, uh, we really uh, appreciate and, and respect this individual, both from a business perspective and uh, from a personal perspective. And for sure, yes, he has uh, he has watched us from the beginning and uh, given us some some great advice and some great mentorship, and along with that, some friendship that extends at least for me uh, and, and him uh, back several years. And uh, I know this is kind of a long introduction, but I think it's poignant because uh, this gentleman and I uh, do celebrate uh, a kind of a life-altering experience. And, and yeah, we'll say it's a, you know, a, a, it's, a, it's a, a death experience, not a near-death experience, but a death experience. And what does that really mean? And, and how does your life look and grow and progress from something like that? And then what kind of accountabilities in your life present themselves? And so Bill and I have had a chance over the years to be able to share that, and he's done some amazing things. And I am going to toot his horn because I don't think he'll toot it for himself. His staff will, but he won't. But I have the microphone, so here I go. Yeah, um, let's bring it. Yeah, Bill has done some done some amazing things, and and I say this in in all due respect to him and his bailiwick of talent in his team. But uh, I'm just going to rattle off a, a couple of his clients, and I think what that's going to say is it's going to say the kind of caliber of product that he does. And he's a, they, they do media production. They're a strategic creative agency to specialize in get this message strategy, both for television and web, uh, the entertainment sector, both profit and nonprofit. And here's some of his clients, Adidas, uh, Albertsons, ESPN, Intel, Nike, Mazda, Pixelworks, Tripwire, uh, American Red Cross, Boy Scouts of America, we're just getting started, Lewis Plow Association, uh, the Salvation Army, in the entertainment arena, which is, I think, spectacular because it really, it, it really affects a whole different mission for people, Alec Baldwin. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bill Cosby, Bill O'Reilly, uh, people like Dick Clark, including Dick Clark, Kenny Chesney, 
Leanne Rimes, Michael Moore, President Bill Clinton, Suzanne Summers, um, Toby Mack. This gentleman, Mr. Bill, and we'll hold off on the last name just for a second, is an uh, Emmy-nominated, uh, um, award-winning film producer, has had some uh, amazing experiences, free, full-access pass to the White House. Um, there's a lot of stories there. Uh, he's done some some amazing things. He's uh, also got a book that, that, that's coming out here in the uh, the next couple of months, and is on the on the final push to get that done. We'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. But without further ado, ado, Bill Dolan of Spirit Media, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold, my friend. Wow. Welcome. Thank you, guys. You, you, you humble me with that introduction. It's so great to be here and celebrating 100 episodes. Right. Bill Dolan is in the house. Welcome, Bill. We really appreciate taking some time out. We know you're busy. You've got a lot on your plate. And I'm sure, uh, based on what we're going to hear today, some of the things that are coming up um, that you're working on, uh, we always love to start the show, Bill, with, uh, you know, where, you know, things started for you. And, you know, I know that um, that could go back a little ways, um, but we know that you have a story that you want to share in terms of what, you know, pivoted in your life and, and where things started to, you know, maybe make sense. Um, and I, I believe it's a great story. And I, I know our audience is going to really love the story. And again, you know, for our audience out there. Get your journals out. This is a great time to write out some epiphanies, some ideas, um, some inspirations, maybe some get some motivation, uh, you know, in your lives for, you know, goals, um, especially starting out the, you know, new year. And um, Bill, why don't you take us through that story uh, and give us um, give us a little background on, you know, what what you do so the people know and then, you know, what what kind of happened and transpired? I know in that pivotal 1999. Well, um, yeah, it, w it was a pivotal time for me, a major, major time for me. You know, as you went through uh, the client list and the, the people over many, many years I've had uh, the blessing to work with, I um, I had started in television. You know, I'm, I was crazy fortunate to actually get hired at the, the local ABC affiliate when I was 20 years old. And uh, uh, while well, I was still in college, and I got to learn, learn, learn. I mean, it was a, a killer time for television because so many television stations were developing content for themselves. They didn't just buy it off the shelf the way they do today or just make news programs. And, and I really learned from great masters, and, and we learned through duplication. Uh, f somewhere between 79 and 92, I counted it up, and I had done somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10,000 promos and commercials and television shows. Um, so I'd learned a lot, and it became the groundwork for me to, to launch and really start what is Spirit Media today. Um, from there, I did a lot of work in the entertainment space, and yeah, loved working with the, the Gwen Stefani's and the Maroon 5's and the Black Eyed Peas. Of, you know, um, gosh, it was just really fun, fun stuff. And I got to the point where um, the one thing that, that's exciting but also dangerous about working in that space is it's kind of heady. You know, you come back home and you say, oh, what would you do today? And you, you say, well, I was working with this group or I traveled here, I did that. And, you know, to be really blunt, I, I was a little full of myself. 
um, I thought that, you know, I was a little cocky. And um, yeah, imagine that. Yeah. And um, I had a project of which, boy, there's another whole episode about learning how to self-publish and produce documentaries. And so so I produced this documentary, uh, which, by the way, I lost my shirt on. Um, But I I had signed a deal with a company in Nashville where um, they said, look, we're going to write you an advance check and we want the rights to distribute this and all that. And I thought, wow, this is just great. When you get to do what you love to do and people pay a big bucks to do it, obviously not big enough bucks, but the kind of thing where I thought this, this could be the future. So I'm on, I'm on my way to Nashville with my best buddy, Timothy Greenidge, uh, who's probably one of the greatest gospel artists in the world. And uh, he's sitting next to me, and uh, I'm sitting on the plane, thinking, getting ready for the flight, and, um, you know, there was something that wasn't quite right. I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but, you know, I, I was flying all the time. I mean, all the time. But this day, um, me, I was a little nauseated, and, and you know, you've flo- you guys have flown a lot, and, you know, when you're sitting in, in the little seat in front of you is that little bag. Mm-hmm. emergency bag and i remember thinking for the first time in my life i might have to use the emergency bag and the more i thought about the i mean i'm literally staring at this and the bag's getting bigger and more <laughs> ominous I'm like, oh, no, no, hate it when that happens oh but i so i turned to timothy i said timothy and we we'd already taken off so we were in the air for maybe as much as an hour with me you know fixating on the bag and I turned to Tim. I said, Tim, something's not right. And that's the last thing I said before my, my eyes rolled back in my head and my arms went limp and my heart stopped. And at first, Tim actually thought I was joking, you know, like the old dead guy on the plane joke kind of thing. And uh, then he realized, no, there's something seriously wrong. And uh, Tim, God bless him. Uh, did not know CPR, but he did know how to do chest compressions. He'd seen that. So as he told me, he started doing chest compressions. And uh, supposedly he did not use mouth-to-mouth, but that's between him and God. And uh, he revived me. He brought me back. Long story short, I, um, I ended up in a, a cardiac wing. And uh, they said, look, you didn't have a heart attack. You we can't figure out anything here. Uh, but further testing revealed that I was diagnosed with malignant neurocardiogenic syncope, um, which uh, if anybody's transcribing this. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's, it's <laughs> the that over again, and yeah, I thought I had all the cardiac germs down. Yeah, it's the traditional spelling of malignant neurocardiogenic syncope. So, no, it, it actually means malignant <laughs> means you could die from it. And wow. uh, cardio, uh, cardio is heart, brain, uh, uh, neuro is brain, and syncope means out of sync. Mm-hmm. And there is that, you know, our, our brain can control our heart and can say, yeah, beat fast or beat slower. And long story short is that my, it's kind of like an adult SIDS in a way that a mild form of it would be like a fainting episode where, you know, your heart doesn't beat at a rate commensurate to keep all the blood in your brain. But in my case, I have an extreme form where the brain actually tells my heart to stop and the, they don't know what causes it, 
but the only uh, antidote for that uh, is, is a pacemaker. So they put a pacemaker in me that monitors me every day. And, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those beautiful reminders every day. It's like a little monument that says, your life is a gift, that life is fragile. And, you know, probably more profound out of the whole episode was that even though by all, you know, people viewing would say, oh my gosh, this guy just died. I remember everything. Because when I, I closed my eyes, I had a pretty profound experience that, that changed my life and ultimately thrust me back into this world uh, from the threshold of eternity to this dimension that made me realize we all, the fact that you can get up today and you can take a breath, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. But it is not only a precious gift, but it is a reminder that you have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a role to play this very day. Now, I'm not promised that same breath tomorrow. So today I have an obligation to say, how can I fulfill to the greatest of my ability the destiny I have and the purpose I have to impact this world in a positive way and to celebrate that? Um, and just, it changes you. It just, that, that, that in a nutshell began my journey on a, a very new and different trajectory. Wow. Great story, and I can totally relate. This is what I said when folks, when when we've had some things in common, because I've had a very similar experience. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, and I didn't have I didn't have any angels um, above me, but I I did have some similar experiences when I came back to Earth, so to speak. And and Bill, it's right. Whether there's a, a religious, you know. Uh, foundation for the listener or whether there's just a belief in in something beyond their own power there is uh, an ability uh, and, a, and a responsibility for each of us to bring our best kind of a 24-hour business plan if you want to look at it that way that uh, you know we, we can't change yesterday and and tomorrow we can only we can only plan for but today we can do and uh, I, I honor you for, for recognizing that and for instilling that in people that, uh, that you have influence with and then using that as a, as a guide for your life. I love that, Alan, the 24-hour business plan. That's great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a book, Alan. <laughs> making like notes, it, right? Just making notes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens on this show is, um, again, these ideas and you know inspiration and things sort of pop out from dialogue, and stories like that. Um, Bill, you know, after that all happened, and you you know looked at life and um, reevaluated maybe uh, you know what was going on in your life and you know all the crazy things that you've done. Where did that bring you next? Well, a lot, a lot of reflection. In fact, I, I can tell you that even though it's been, you know, uh, several years, I'm still processing um, because the, the depth and the breadth of an experience like that um, causes you to reflect probably every day. And so uh, still processing in a lot of ways, but probably 
probably the most profound. And again, this isn't necessarily a religious exercise because not everybody shares a religious orientation. But I will tell you, it's not uncommon that after you've had like a life or death experience that you start looking at religion or looking at philosophy or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is, you start thinking about big, big, big pictures yep. and what, what could be beyond or how do I get understanding. And, you know, I was reading a lot of material and processing. And of course, one of the, one of the, the books that I picked up, as a lot of people do, is, is the Bible. And I, I, I was uh, reading through the Gospels which is basically the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John part that says this is the story of Jesus' life. Now, you'd think that after having such a profound experience, you'd go, wow, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, love and caring. And, and, you know, there's obviously beautiful things in there that talk about the quality of life and how we should treat each other. I mean, I didn't miss those. But you know what was kind of crazy is that uh, what jumped off the pages to me was probably the greatest marketing plan in the history of mankind. And I began looking at Jesus as not just um, maybe for some a savior, for some a wise man, for some a healer, whatever it is, but regardless of who you believe Jesus is, when you studied the history, and by the way, I, I looked at literature from you know, Jewish historians, and, and, and uh, the Quran obviously writes a lot about Jesus as well. And now there's a lot of archaeology that talks about what kind of environment this person grew up in. I just went, oh my gosh, this easily, based upon results and based upon practice, may very well be the greatest communicator in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. And so I, I um, you know, being a marketer and being, you know, someone in entertainment and in television, um, now I had obviously learned things like, you know, the four P's, product, place, you know, price promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, those are foundations of every ad guy, you know. But I started seeing these principles jump off the page. And I, I started diagramming them and kind of writing them out. And they actually put them even in a timeline. And if you think about it, Jesus' ministry, I mean, his very public ministry, was about a four-year period, which is about what we traditionally used to attach to a a classic marketing plan, a three- to five-year plan. And I began looking at the steps and how it rolled out and what the principles were. And the bottom line is, is uh, and it's going to be the subject of uh, the book that's coming out this spring, is um, the seven, I call it the seven disciplines of relational marketing. Love it. Great title. I love that title. I'm catching up on some notes. Um. So am I. So am I. So if there's some silence <laughs> so, in know, the room, it's awkward, awkward silence uh, <laughs> is, is actually a good thing. It's probably, it's probably allowing our audience to catch up as well and, you know, process the, um, the information that you uh, had shared and, and, and where you went, you know, for some inspiration, but um, amazing reflection. And obviously, uh, I can't wait to hear uh, more about the book, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that soon. Alan, what do we have for Mr. Dolan? I want to I want to hang on on a little bit the the direction, Bill. What what tool 
and then and maybe maybe this is a more of an internal tool, a, a diagnostic, or a um, you know some kind of a navigation internally. Did you develop from this experience that has guided you and protected you? Uh, from other people's agendas and from the challenges that can come with fame and fortune and uh, kept you on the mission track that you have. What's the biggest tool that's done that for you in, in your pivoted 1999-ish time frame to now? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure it's a, a necessarily a tool per se. Um, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of lectures in uh, at colleges and universities, um, telling people about the seven disciplines, especially in marketing classes. You know, as they go through, yeah, we've learned product place, you know, and they said, no, let me, let me tell you something deeper. Let me tell you uh, uh, about that. But it's interesting when you, when you talk to people, especially at that age, and, but I will tell you, people our age, let's say the over 40 set, or much older 40 How about the over 50 set? <laughs> Let's get real here. You know, you start hey, talking speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> you start talking about what, what gets you on a path and what keeps you on a path. Uh, one of the things I realized, like reflecting on my own path, is that is that a lot of times we were hungry. Say, please give us give us a, a map. I want some map. You know, um, and um, in fact, I tell the story with the classes about the. Uh, that if you really believe that there's a destiny and a purpose to your life, a lot of us start out with a machete, you know, as if we're cutting through a jungle to the to the golden clearing of of, of destiny, and we hack away and we hack away and we hack away. And uh, the, the challenge with that is that there's a lot of people that, one, don't necessarily know what they're hacking through, how to hack through, and then there's stamina and belief issues and all these things kind of stumble us up. You know, once you got tired of trying to, you know, DIY it, you, you then say, well, gee, is there a map? You know, is there a map that I can use? And, uh, and once you get a map, you go, okay, I can start hacking away. And, uh, but you get to these tough intersections of life. And, and ultimately, you realize, boy, the best way for me to really get through this is to find a mentor. And I started hanging out with people like you guys who I felt could give me direction and give me guidance. So I wouldn't call it a tool as I would have called it a method. And one of the things that I learned through just conversing with people was what I would call the, the three kind of compasses to your destiny. And this is what's helped me because it validates the path I'm on every day. You know, one is passion. Um, now, there are people that say, you know, pursue your passion and you're going to find your destiny. I, th I honestly think that's crap. Um, I, I think passion is a great guide and it's a great tool, but I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a destiny definitely thing because there's another thing I really do believe in. And some people argue with me about this, but I really do believe that all of us are born with certain aptitudes. Um, you know, there's just some people that are, I hate to say it, they're better at math or analytical skills than I am. Mm -hmm. There's some people who are more emotionally intelligent. There's some people that are, uh, um, you know, what think about the skill set, artistically talented. 
And you see that from the time you were a kid, you know, they say you can do anything you want. Well, you can try anything you want, but you realize that you actually have some pretty powerful gifts that if you developed them would be great. So if you have a passion without the gift, I call that a hobby. It's not necessarily the end all, but when you have passion combined with aptitude, I think you're getting, starting to get some real direction. And then we get to be about our age. You know, you're, you're over 30, you're over 40. It's interesting, life has dealt you a number of experiences that start to reinforce not only your passion, your aptitudes, but give you a framework to build on. And I think when you start looking at passion, aptitude, and that experience and preparation, that has helped almost kind of like a, like a radar, have helped remind me who I am, what my gifting is, and what I, what I can potentially bring to the world. And when I start to get off track, um, like I would call false passions, and I especially say this among young people because I think deep down, all of us want to be loved. We want to be respected. Uh, we want to be honored and, you know, we want to be valuable in this world. And I think sometimes a lot of us pursue things in the pursuit of being loved or the pursuit of being respected that really aren't about real passions. They're about filling voids. And, and the recognition of a false passion versus a real passion and a real aptitude, I think has kind of helped me get more centered every day. It doesn't mean that there aren't forces out there every day that makes me, like even on the show, gee, I hope I do a good job. Gee, I hope I'm, I, Alan and Chris are happy with the, the podcast today. I hope I bring value. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's little Billy Dolan still saying, I want to be loved. I want to be respected. Be yeah. mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I realize there's so much bigger. I want to make a difference in this world, as I know you guys do. I want my life to stand for something. I want to know that we've made a, an impact that changes people uh, for the better and makes our world a better place. And uh, there's enough evidence of how much our world needs that that helps keep me on track. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't have to write it all down because we'll record, we're recording this so I can just look back through my notes. So (laughs) I'm stopping my, my, my fast scribble writing, which I can't read for an hour from now anyway. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) making, uh, you know, some arrows to things and, you know, false passions, you know, are really the filling the voids. And I, and I love that perspective Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, again, a real passion is making a difference. And, and, and what a framework you just provided, even, you know, as I get this chill around thinking about the things that, um, you know, I've been endeavoring on uh, as well in my life, you just opened up this new um, awareness or perspective that, uh, you know, I can certainly work on now and, you know, uh, a little bit more to my foundation, you know, to that point, Bill, about, you know, taking life and, you know, looking at what we've done, especially, you know, as I turned, you know, into my 40s. So I'm not quite where you guys are in your lives, but thank I you often. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that nicely? <laughs> I tried to put nicely. that in my. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off, off, uh, off. <laughs> I tried to do that in the boat. The <laughs> That's very gentle. 
<laughs> the gent gentlest way I could. I, <laughs> listen, I get wisdom from you guys. I love being around uh, you guys for sure. But, you know, again, just building on that foundation and, and realizing to your point that there's that passion and, and then again, that belief that, you know, I can make a difference you know, other people's uh, lives with, uh, you know, helping them with information, just as you're doing right now, Bill. I mean, you know, the fact of telling this story and, you know, letting us know how, you know, you've gone from where you thought and process to where you now think and, and, and then share, um, I, I think is just amazing. Thank you for that. It just, um, it gave me the chills, I, I have to say, and, and hopefully the audience are feeling that same um, conviction, uh, you know, certainly through uh, Bill's uh, discovery. I can't wait to, um, and if we can, Bill, um, you know, I know your time is so valuable and the show goes so fast. Um, I love and I'm hanging on everything that you're talking about because you're just, uh, you know, you've got so much wisdom and, and so much to share. But I do want to talk about the things that are coming in the near future here uh, as well and, and um, you know, really get a good sense of uh, what the seven disciplines and, and where that's going. And, and, and tell me, like, why are you doing this? Because you could do a million different things. Mm -hmm. um, why this? What, 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 what came about? And, and, and bring us through that. Well, you know, as I began, you know, again, reading and studying and seeing these principles jump off the page, um, it's almost as if I found a key, you know, to, to a treasure chest. Um, and it's, and it's, the thing is, it's a key that a lot of people have now, again, you know, when you, when you pull something out of, out of, uh, what many people call a holy book, you think, well, certainly it's the people of faith that are adhering to this or what, and you know, it, that was, it was very far from the case. In fact, many people that I see in religious communities and faith communities really weren't practicing this because as I started laying these principles up almost like a template like holding it up against the world it wasn't churches that were doing this it was actually people like apple and lady gaga that mm -hmm. were really the masters of this craft and really were practicing um the seven disciplines and uh, it just kind of blew me away and it, it forced me to is that once you start seeing this this template, this this set of principles, the next thing is is to say, gosh, I'm going to have to start applying this. And the thing that was exciting is that I realized that the seven disciplines not only helped me apply it to campaigns, marketing campaigns, but actually to almost virtually every project. Um, it's pro probably worth sharing exactly what they are, you know, and without having the time to go into great depth, uh, the seven disciplines in short are mission and understanding mission leads to understanding your markets, mm. who are you called to serve. Markets gives you clarity about messages. Messages then are the gateway to understanding who are the best messengers. And oh, there's a lot of stuff there. Oh, one of the great failures is one, probably those three right there is that I will just say, in fact, it's all four, forgive me. How many people fail to be clear about this whole concept of mission? Um, and then for that reason, fail to have clarity about 
their markets. I mean, because most people are just like, well, who will buy from me? You know, boom, okay, check, you're on the list. That's not necessarily a great way for defining a market. It's one tool, but there's many. And then, and then what are the messages? And, you know, when we get into the book, it's going to be able to talk about that intersection of what is the the secret to actually relational marketing, which is very different than just pitching or selling. It's the idea of knowing that I have a sincere interest in making a difference in these people's lives. And that means I ask questions like, you know, what are their wants? What are their needs, their fears, their frustrations, their objections, their processes, their buying processes? And really understanding that unique way that we can serve them. And in understanding how we can serve them, it also helps us understand how we can connect and communicate with them. Hey, and Bill, let course, me in, in, I want to inter, sure. interject here just something really quick, and I want the audience to really make sure that they take notes. It's, you can never, and, and Bill is, is saying it right now, you can never know too much about your audience, and it's an ongoing endeavor. So please take, take notes and, and put a big red star by this. It's one of the biggest challenges I think anybody in any consulting, coaching industry is that they don't know enough about their audience that they're serving. So anyway, thank you for the interrupt. Let me interrupt you, Bill. Totally, totally, totally agree. In fact, let me, let me come back to that. And let me finish off the seven disciplines, and let me tell you a little bit about that. So I said mission, and I said uh, markets, messages, and messengers. The other is methods. And, and um, uh, in the case of methods, most people think that's marketing because it's, those are tactics. And people say, well, I'm doing social media, or I'm, uh, I got a website, or I got a brochure, or I made a video, or whatever. Those are tactics, and, and, and those are valuable but that's not in itself marketing. Marketing is the strategies, which actually comes from the Greek root, which means like general, and tactics is also, um, I believe it's a Greek that actually comes from the roots that means foot soldier. And, and you don't want your foot soldiers driving the battle plan. You want your generals driving the battle plan and your foot soldiers executing it. And that's the way methods are. And unfortunately, a lot of people do it backwards. You know, they just like drive it and, and then say, okay, where do we end up? And did we intend to get here? You know, the other principles really after, after, after methods is measure. Measuring is critical. And then ultimately is multiply. It's recognizing that everything has to work in harmony. And when you work things in harmony, it's, it's almost like, you know, when, uh, when I was uh, uh, in grade school, I had a 10-speed bike. And I remember clicking that thing and seeing how by just moving the gear just a tiny bit that I could amplify my effort by changing the gear and how they worked in harmony with each other. And that's what a marketing plan should do. They should have the gear structure so that as you introduce new tactics as a part, they work in harmony and they amplify together on the efforts you do. It's not just an additional thing like, oh, I added this and I added that and do this checkbox. Checkboxes are good, but checkboxes by themselves can be a distraction and cannot be connected and might not multiply your efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Very much so. So, but let me, let me go back. You make such a great point about relationship because that's what we call it, relational marketing because it really presses us. It presses us to not just sell something, but to have a relationship. 
Because when you have a relationship, it means you genuinely care. It means that you genuinely believe you have something to offer and it believes that that you know those people, that, that you can serve them and honor them, both in relevance and style uh, and structure. And um, knowing your audience intimately, I mean, really knowing them to the best of your ability is one of the best and most profound ways to form deep relationships and to make profound impacts on their lives. Um, when I was in school, uh, we studied, I studied a lot of sociology and psychology along with all the television production stuff. And I love the definition that sociology and the study of sociology is really about making a, 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 a small difference on a profound group of number of people. But psychology is about having a profound impact on a small number of people. And when you look at relational marketing, it opens a, it opens the door a crack to the possibility of having a profound impact on a large number of people. And that's one of the incredible opportunities we have today through what I call amplified relationships, amplified word of mouth through social media, through podcasts, uh, through vlogs, and all the other tools that we now have that gives us an opportunity like no other time in history to really have a profound impact on millions of lives. And that's what excites me the most about this. We're done. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I I, I love the um, totem pole effect, if you want. And, and, um, you know, the fact that, you know, it's the mission at the root and layering on upon that with um, making sure everything is in harmony to that message. Um, Obviously, you know, just great reflection through looking at, you know, your studies. And, you know, I just love this show for that because I feel like every time we have, um, you know, a genius like yourself, Bill, explain things that you've learned through your, you know, um, building of your own companies and what you've observed and everything like that. It just becomes like this opportunity to then take the information, look at what's relevant um, to how you can go and build your, uh, you know, business and what great epiphanies come from this. I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just loving this show. I don't want you to leave. <laughs> but, well, let's let's you know, get together again. <laughs> we will. Let's we do want, round two. Well, you know what? I really, uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, we've got something we've been working on, and you know, we're gonna have a live show. In fact, it's all around having real questions uh, from our audience. And we're going to do some Facebook and some really cool things, Bill. We'd love to have you back on for uh, this, you know, discussion right here, what you're on right now, you know, these seven disciplines, because let's face it, um, you know, our show attracts a lot of, um, you know, entrepreneurs, business people, salespeople, and we're looking for, you know, a framework and I think that this is one of the greatest frameworks mm-hmm. that I've heard in a long, long time. Definitely. I would, agree. I would totally agree. Well, that's yeah, why Bill's it. on the top, one of the top lists for our mentors. Let's just get that out for front sure. now. Uh, yeah. Well, you oh, guys, I got, I got to tell you, I mean, I love and respect you guys so much. And uh, I think for your audience and anybody that's listening, and, and, and I know more people that will come, 100 episodes is a monumental breakthrough. 
You know, and as you and I discussed, I don't know, months ago. Months ago. It's it's almost like at 100 is a breakthrough point. And you guys have been producing incredible programs with, with incredible guests. But to be at 100 sets you guys apart. It um, Not only the quality, but the stamina, but also the structure. You guys have done... I mean, seriously, a brilliant job, and and I love the, I mean, you're very gracious about the accolades with me, but I mean, really kudos to you guys, because you have just built a launching pad for some incredible things. Well, I'm going to make me cry, Bill. Yeah, going to have to kudos that. I mean, I, I, I can honestly say that I don't know if that was our intent when we first started, but I yeah. think we saw that glimmer on the horizon that this could be a... A, a foundational platform, a tool to launch and support a lifetime mission, whatever that mission is is going to look like. This foundation can support that, and the people that that will you know will serve um, you know are, are going to benefit because it's not just going to be us. The platform is going to is going to incorporate value well beyond our own circle of influence. And I, I think we've been trying to build that over this last year. So thank you for that accolade. We can see that that uh, progression now. I don't know that we saw it in the beginning, but uh, we definitely see it now. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, just to add to that, we wanted an environment, you know, Bill um, and, you know, our audience to have an opportunity to um, discover, to uh, learn, um, to apply uh, ideas, um, gain epiphanies, get inspiration, have motivation, um, but not have to ask for anything. And it's really our way of giving um, and then utilizing some great people that we've been able to uh, interview and, you know, bring to life these, um, these opportunities for people uh, that may be struggling out there and, and may um, not have, let's say, the funds to go and, you know, fly to a, an event and, you know, put themselves up in a hotel and, um, and, and, and somewhat maybe sometimes feel a little bit helpless. And I think that the environment that we've created for people to access information, to go and then apply it, uh, you know, to their business, see some growth, and then take those maybe little itty bitty steps, um, you know, that become great big strides. Uh, I think that you know, Alan, thinking back, um, was one of our uh, definitely, um, you know, one of our thoughts. Uh, not necessarily uh, understanding what the mission was going to be, but you know, certainly over the last uh, year and getting to this point with 100 episodes, Bill. Um, and thank you for that. Thank you for um, you know making a point of that. We really appreciate uh, your confidence and 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 your support. Um, and certainly, um, you know, that the fact that you've given us um, you know a, a great testimony. So appreciate that as well. <laughs> but um, again, you know, this that was the that was the intent and still is. You know, for a lot of people out there. So know that you know these little itty bitty steps that you're taking in your life, in your business, um, in in your career. And, you know, if you stack enough of those, 
you, you start to see some uh, something a little bit different. And I always say that you know as you're climbing a mountain, uh, you'll certainly see uh, more of the landscape when you just go a little bit higher and a little bit more. And I know sometimes it's painful. Um, or it can be, but um, you know, definitely the view is much nicer when you get to the top, and and I think that that's what we're all striving for. So, you know, Bill, thanks for bringing that point up, and and thank you for giving us uh, that that confidence again. Just gave me chills. Uh, we have made a uh, hundred episodes, and, and we would love to put a zero on this at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with what we're working on. So, thank you again, and um, Alan, uh, thank you for uh, for for working with me, my friend. It's been a lot of fun up until now for sure it's 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 been a, a a real joy i mean just to have a mouthpiece is is an honor it's also a responsibility you have one <laughs> <laughs> you said i have a big mouth look at look how look how fast we tank that very notorietal you know, I was, come on I was, I was i was tearing Bam. up at the love fast right to that point i tell you man it was <laughs> Oh, and okay. I have to go and ruin it. There we go. I have to go and ruin it. No, I, I, it's, I just, that, it's that adolescent in me, I guess. You know? Well, when you when you when you become you know uh, uh, of an elder age like us, where the wisdom kicks in, you'll 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 get that. Oh, shoot. Oh. Hey, we're, we're we're running out of we're we're running out of our our time lot here. But before we go, Bill, how do you've got such a plethora of of life in you and i know that you're 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 so willing to share that with with those that are really craving it really want to know how do people what's the best way for people to get a hold of you well probably the very best way is to uh go to the website it's seven the number seven d r m dot com it's uh, an acronym for seven disciplines of relational marketing uh from there um, again, we're going to be talking about the, the, the book publish date, again, which we're shooting for spring of 2017. And then, um, you know, but we're also going to be publishing uh, some video blogs, some tips. So if you go there and you subscribe, you can connect on YouTube, you connect on Facebook, uh, can subscribe and, and get some free tips. And, and some of these tools that you're talking about, we're going to start uh, actually Putting, publishing some of those for our subscribers so they it, it becomes a guidepost it's again it's not intended to be the check sheet as much as it is to be a guide sheet and accountability uh, tool for people to start applying the seven disciplines in whatever aspect of their life they they want to start applying it I love Fantastic. that and I, I and I love the uh, I love the simplicity of your uh, your dot com yeah, um, how brilliant! And um, Bill, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I know we have one last question for you uh, before we go, and I'll jump back on to uh, to say goodbye to the audience. But before I did that, I wanted to give you, uh, you know, my uh, my big thank you uh, for being here, taking some time out, and um, for suggesting to come back on. We really appreciate that, and we'd love to have a live show with you. And um, and get our audience to uh, to post some great questions, and we'll make sure that um, obviously that'll be scheduled. You're scheduled, I'm sure, this year based on getting this book out and all the you know wonderful things you do for your clients and you serve. Um, but you know, big thank you for me, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm seriously, it is an honor to be here with you and especially celebrate this 100 
episode anniversary. I mean, it really is special. I mean, even though it's a it's a podcast, in my head I see a big birthday cake and confetti and cake. and you know, we did the whole show wearing party hats. So this is good. Oh no, you said cake. Now now Alan just squirreled. He doesn't even know what he's gonna ask you now. Is it chocolate cake? <laughs> it's whatever cake you want, Alan. Spoken like a true parent. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> no, I, it, it is an honor for us, um, first off, to be able to have this platform and to have this voice. And uh, it is a privilege for me to be able to work with such a great co-host and a great friend. And, uh, Chris, I honor you for that. And, Bill, you and I have been friends for a long time, and I honor that above anything we'll ever do in any other sector, um, you know, above that. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our religious walk together has a, a lot of parallels and our life together has had a lot of parallels. And uh, I honor that because th you're someone that I can relate to without having to say much. And in our circle of, of experiences, that can be a small circle. But thank you for being on this show. Thank you thank for you. your transparency and your honesty in really delivering some, some I don't want to say tough information, but some real information. Because at the end of the day, if it's not who you are and it's not part of your DNA, nobody's going to buy it. And I don't mean that literally, but well, maybe literally, but, but also people, people will follow people they believe in. And, you know, we're, yeah. we're doing our absolute best to have believable people on our show for people to follow. And you are an exemplary, um, you know, uh, example of that. So thank you so much for being on our show. We would love to have you back on our live show. Uh, but before we go, I got one last question I want to ask you. Ready. We try to end our shows with this. And you've given such great content so far. But it, what one thing, what one effort, mission, task, tool would you like to leave our audience with today that they can implement right now as soon as they finish listening to this podcast? Well, you know, it's, it's hard to say tool as much as I would say fuel. And I would say that <laughs> I think the fuel, you know, for – I, again, going back to my, my belief system, that if you guys, whoever's listening to this, if you took a breath today, it's a gift. There's a reason you're here. And I'm sure stirring in everybody's heart is that belief that they are here for a reason, that they've got something to do, that they weren't just born to live or to exist or to sustain themselves, but for greatness and to do great things. And I think the thing that I run up against is a lot of people really struggle with, one, the, the acceptance of that. And uh, they've heard a lot of messages that, I mean, you think about how we're sold today. Most of us are sold stuff based upon uh, the belief that we're inadequate in some way, mm -hmm. you know, and you need to buy my thing because you're inadequate. Well, I just want to say that you're more than adequate, that I do believe that every one of us is born for greatness. And that, um, and not to be, um, discouraged because the thing is, is life often doesn't happen in the time frame we expect or always the way we expect and um, the other day and I know what prompted me and I, maybe maybe it's our age Alan I started thinking <laughs> thinking about you know 
timing. And I and here we are. Uh, we're all starting another year again. We're in 2017, and uh, it made me flash back and think about the moon launch. And I don't know why. Just it just you think about that and. From the time that John F. Kennedy said, we want to go to the moon, there was an eight-year period. And I really do look at a lot of our lives. And, and going back to the three things I talked about before, about this convergence of passion and aptitude and experience. To get to that center point, there's a real good chance that you're still building on that experience. You're building on a framework of understanding. Or lack of better term, don't be discouraged because you may have just been building the launch pad. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mm-hmm. look and it doesn't look like much. It really doesn't. But what was amazing is that the launch pad took eight years. But after eight years there was the launch. In the from the countdown to ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, they were up in orbit and orbiting the Earth in about two hours and I think 40-some minutes before they set the rockets towards the moon. And then they were on their mission for eight days. And they came back, and the world has never been the same again. Now, if we judge ourselves on, you know, only that launch or only that mission, it can be discouraging. But I just want to let people know don't be discouraged that right now you're probably building the launch pad right now. You're building a launch pad. And if you continue to be faithful to that and hold for that vision of the greatness that you're called to, I think great things are right around the corner if you just stay with it. Super. Amazing. There's a whole story right there. Right. So it's not a it's not a tool, but hopefully it's a fuel, and it's a fuel of hope, and a fuel reminder of the destiny I think all of us have. That's awesome. I love that right there. We're going to use that quote, yeah. Bill Dolan. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Thank you to our audience. Thank you, Alan, for um, hanging out today and 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 making the show what it is. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or anything like that, or you know, looking for a guest you'd like to come on the show, go to info at thinkbeeble.com, send us an email, be happy to uh, definitely uh, endeavor on that and uh, answer any of your questions. Again, this show wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.